0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of IRI Growth Insights. Today, I'm joined by some industry partners from sales and marketing services company Crossmark, Danielle Fand, Director of Analytics and Insights, and Beth Fott, Director of Retail. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2021 in-store experience. And Danielle, I'd like to start with you. So welcome, and please tell us a little bit about what we're experiencing as we kick off 2021.
1: Thank you, Joan, for hosting this. Um, Some of the things that we're experiencing as we kick off 2021 is obviously our post-COVID environment um, as it relates to consumer behaviors changing and shifting, what we've seen in 2020, and what we are predicting for 2021. Uh, We're seeing a lot of Bulk pack buying, larger basket sizes as consumers shop the store, and lower trips. And that is continuing into 2021. And some of the behavioral changes will stick as we move on to future years as well.
0: Okay, we're gonna we're gonna come back to that. Some of that, what will stick? Um, so Beth, uh, welcome. What are you seeing?
2: Thank you for having me, Joan. Um, I'm just, we're really excited for 2021 to hopefully get back to somewhat of a norm for for our retail team. So I lead a team of retail representatives across the nation calling on stores in mass and grocery. Um, And and, as you know, 2020 absolutely flipped upside down for us in terms of how we go to market and and our um, experience in store. So, you know, for me, the best part is continuing to see the retail reps go in every day and, and having those daily wins. Um, and, and for me, seeing their inter- individual contributions and in each of their stores really come together and have an impact for our clients is always, you know, really remarkable. Whether it's packing out thousands of units of product or driving compliance on a display at a particular retailer, we will continue to do those things in 2021. Um, and then continue to weather the storm until it kind of smooths out for us. And, um, you know, really proud of our reps in 2020 for not skipping a beat and weathering the storm and getting the job done.
0: That's really nice, Beth. Like, you know, you're very proud of your team and how they kind of managed all this chaos, but what are some of the behaviors or some of the things that changed for your team and your business that, um, you're still kind of grappling with, or that might be the new normal moving forward?
1: Yeah, so my team is really focused on analyzing the category. And pre-COVID, we were obviously focused on the four P's, right? But because there have been a lot of supply constraints and a lot of new ancillary brands that have been able to enter the market and and create a new entrance within categories, we have been hyper-focused on the shelf, really ensuring that what it has made its way to the shelf is productive on behalf of our retailers. And if it's not bringing it to their attention and making sure that all of the brands that contribute to the sales of the category are getting their fair share of shelf. So um, from that end, a lot of our focus has been at the shelf and ensuring that our retailers are really getting the most ROI for what is on the shelf.
0: And do those constraints continue? You know, some of that on shelf availability. I mean, is that still a big challenge?
1: Yes, we are. We are facing challenges across many categories due to consumer demand and you know the new behaviors that we've seen displayed during COVID with stock up. Um, a lot of our major suppliers and uh, the number one and two brands in the categories are really struggling with keeping up with those supply constraints. Um, And then some of the clients that we work with are really facing them. And we don't see any light at the end of the tunnel until at least back half of the year. So we'll continue to see that moving forward. Um, The stock up trips and the bulk buying is is not going to go away for a lot of these categories that are staples within households.
0: So, you know, we've done, um, IRI has done some work on, um, on displays and stuff, and we see that displays are down across the store, and even the number of products are on display. And, and from what I'm hearing you say, Danielle, um, that makes sense because companies don't necessarily want to promote what they can't guarantee is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me a little bit more about what that means to your, like, in-store activation.
2: Yeah, so for us, no, no different than our Business Insights team being focused on the shelf. So so is our retail activation team. We are focused on the shelf, number one. And if we can build displays, that, that that's gravy on top, but the shelf must be right. Um, 2020 was obviously a challenging year and it's continuing into 2021 um, for our clients with regards to inventory. So due to the increased demand or the panic buying, so to speak, with COVID, which just left the shelves completely wiped out. Um, we, of course, we all remember the, the toilet paper shortages of 2020 that we are certain, certainly glad to not be experiencing any longer. Um, so when that happened, we, we quickly pivoted our retail team to focus our efforts in stores that had inventory on on hand. Um, the you know the last thing we want to do is send a, a retail rep into a store that doesn't have inventory. It would be the the worst um, use of our labor spend. <clears throat> so by leveraging data, we could identify stores with available inventory, say on a Friday, and send a retail rep in on a Saturday. So what what it did is really forced us to be more nimble than ever before and adjust to drive you know the best ROI we could for the labor spend for our clients. And I think really that's just a glimpse of what the future of retail will continue to evolve to.
0: You know, when you mentioned um, making sure that you were sending people to the right place on on where product was available, but at the same time, I've seen this huge increase in e-commerce and a lot of the fulfillment happens at the store. And that kind of has to be a little bit of a wrench for your teams as well.
2: Um, absolutely, you know, in the stores, we're seeing a reduction of in-store associates or reorganization of the associates as as more um, of the sales are shifting to online. So the associates who would normally work in a store um, or in a department specifically are being shifted or reallocated to fulfill click and collect orders. So it's definitely requiring associates now that are still out on the floor to oversee multiple departments. You know, making it even more imperative that our retail reps can engage quickly and purposefully in that limited time that we have. We actually ran a survey at Crossmark with all of our retail associates to just gauge the retail climate and get feedback. And and really the overwhelming feedback was store associates are extremely stressed, they're overworked, they're multitasking more than ever. We have store managers packing out product to the shelf, again, just to get it done um, so we have, you know, greater amount of staff working overnight to fulfill those online orders that are just coming in constantly, um, and at the end of the day, it just really limits the time that our retail reps have for their attention. Um, so with that comes more holes on the shelf, product in the wrong place on the shelf, maybe product sitting in the back room longer than desired. Um, so yeah, it's definitely presenting new challenges in store. Um, a great example: a retail drug um, client of ours recently asked us to staff. Um, to help fill online orders, they, they them, their associates themselves couldn't have, have enough um, staff to get those online orders filled, and so I think it's just interesting to see how our our service offerings at Crossmark are continuing to evolve as the consumer evolves.
0: You know, to you
1: tag said- on to what you said, Beth, um, as the staff is shifting to different priorities. We're also seeing, we also know that retailers are investing in these micro fulfillment centers to help alleviate the in-store pressures of on-shelf availability um, and fulfill those orders in a micro fulfillment center. And then also to help with the on-shelf availability They've invested in robotics to help scan the products um, at the shelf to ensure that we've got inventory. And if we don't have inventory, make sure that those orders are prioritized in the back room for fulfillment on shelf.
0: So are these new offerings then for you? I mean, obviously, you know, Beth, with you talking about, you know, your team being asked to, to do completely different jobs. I mean, that's just, okay. we're all in it together. Let's be flexible. Let's get this job done. But at the end of the day, I mean, are you developing new um, new services based on some of the things that you've been going through?
2: You know, Danielle mentioned robotics, and we, we're definitely seeing robots being tested and leveraged for various reasons in the store, whether it's to help with inventory management or to pinpoint maybe where an item is out of stock at the shelf or even aisle cleanup, for that matter. Um, the theory being that when working in conjunction with the robots, that it will free up the associates' time, or in our case, the retail reps' time, to be more productive with other tasks. I think we're still a ways out of, of things becoming fully automated or flawless in that regard. Um, you know, referencing back to the survey that we ran with our retail reps in Walmart specifically, the wall. You know, they, we have robots that can scan the aisles for out of stock. It doesn't necessarily recognize if an item has been placed in the wrong location. So at first glance, the aisle may look flawless, completely stocked, but a closer inspection from a human eye or a retail rep in this case reveals that maybe the item's in the wrong location. So in some regards, our services are still somewhat intact, right? We're still ensuring that the tags are correct, the the product is packed out on the shelf, that it's based and it's in the right location and according to planogram, et cetera. So I think the future of what our services will look like is going to maybe continue to evolve as these robots get smarter and, and then does ultimately free up time you know, for us to do different tasks. So it's exciting to see, but I don't think we're totally there yet in regards to shifting our, you know, our whole model yet.
0: Right, right. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what we do see in store for 2021 um, because we, we kind of mentioned we've been going back and forth, but we did mention that um, displays and stuff are down. Um, trade spend has has changed or shifted or gone away. Um, do you anticipate that coming back soon? Yeah, so what we're seeing as
1: categories are lifted from supply constraints, trade promotions will be coming back, and trade is available to spend. However, it will be spended and shifted in different ways. For example, in ad features may shift to online shopper marketing programs, so that we, they, so that manufacturers can use those trade dollars in more in a more efficient way to drive the in-store shopping experience or out of store for that matter. We know that e-com sales have grown exponentially through the COVID time frame, and that will continue. Uh, when we'll see that level, level off, we don't know, but um, I think that man- manufacturers are really gonna be looking at how they can optimize their trade dollars moving forward. And a lot of it, again, is shopper marketing um, promotions. And also, they are really taking a look at how their products are advertised on retailers' e-com websites. So, for example, if a consumer were to go in and try to find a specific brand, will their or or they're looking for products within a category? Will their brand actually show up um, when that consumer is shopping? Uh, so those things are being analyzed and as they are finding opportunities they bring it to the forefront during category review season to ensure that um their offerings are displayed against competition
0: yeah that you know that online search is so important and um i think things are changing too with what or how people are searching certainly we have more shoppers online but our occasions have shifted especially right now you know we're still Um, Schools are opening up. Some work is opening up. But at the same time, so many more of those meal occasions are occurring at home and people are looking for inspiration. They're looking for um, some support, you know, like just help me get it. Help me get it quickly. And um, tell me about your work with in in that area and how you're helping or how you're promoting some of this digital uh, marketing or searchability. So some
1: of the things that we're doing, again, is just kind of working retailer by retailer to ensure that they the searchability is there for non-food. Some of the things that we're seeing in consumer, maybe consumer um, demand, is they want that dine-in experience at home. Uh, so we've got retailers partnering with chefs and sommeliers, to create those prepared meals in store and well have them available in store so that consumers can either either order them online um or pick them up in store where available
0: and do you see like the return of hot bars and things like that i mean is that coming back or are we just going to stick with packaged goods we are
1: seeing hot bars return in store um, it, it it's it's definitely a trend that's on the uptick now that we're seeing um, the just the engagement in store increase over time.
0: That's great. Um, so Beth, let's talk with you a little bit about some of the um, the anticipated in-store activation. What is that going to look like?
2: Yeah, so for for us, no different than manufacturers looking to optimize their their trade spend, as Danielle mentioned, they too are looking to optimize retail spend so that we're getting the best ROI possible for that retail labor dollars. Um, and as you know, retailers are faced with significant challenges to fill every gap on every shelf. And as it, with the associate reduction in store that we talked about earlier, resources are spread very thin. Um, so even if an out-of-stock or a phantom inventory issue is identified, having the time to take action on it isn't even always feasible. Um, So we've been able to partner with companies like IRI and RSI to identify where we have on-shelf availability issues and alert our field team to address those in-store specifically. So ultimately, we've been able to recapture millions of dollars in potential lost sales by fixing the issue before it can really get out of hand. And the return on investment is is really unparalleled to any other in-store executional activity that we could be doing because it's a known issue, data-driven and it's getting fixed on a daily basis. So I think that's just kind of a glimpse of where we're going is if we can leverage data to identify where we have either an opportunity or on the flip side an issue, and then we can address, we had to put the right, you know, right rep in the right store at the right time. It's kind of a win-win and, and really delivers the best ROI. That's the direction that we are, you know, charging down and we'll continue to head down into 2021.
0: And is that, um, you know, is, I know I'm using this word measurable only because I've heard it so much. You know, you're identifying opportunities, you're staffing for opportunities. Are you able to measure the success um, when you when you do that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we're able to identify with, with, in partnership with IRI and RSI the potential lost sales that could have occurred had we not fixed that issue. So we're able to quantify the dollars that are essentially recaptured sales for the manufacturers. And then, you know, bounce that up against the cost of going to retail and the ROI is, is quite phenomenal in terms of, of the return that you get for the spend.
0: That's great. So um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what the what the rosy outlook for 2021 is going to be and, you know, what the impact is going to be on your business or how your business is going to affect um, that rosy outcome.
1: Yeah, I think in in 2021 because of the business that we're in and most of what our coverage um, from a headquarters standpoint is the grocery channel will continue to win. Um, So grocery versus mass convenience club, and then also we'll continue to see the e-com sales rise. Right. Um, So our clients will win from that perspective. And um, as consumers, you know, shift their behavior and changes that we'll see in 2021, um, it'll, it just, it will really depend category by category as to how that all shakes out.
0: Do you think, I mean, do you think some of the categories that have done so well um, will continue a little bit, or do you see some I mean, well, you've already talked a little bit about like meals increasing, you know some more of that going back to the fresh prepared and stuff. But does that mean that we're going to see maybe less reliance on frozen or um, you know some of the other categories that really popped during the pandemic? Frozen is actually one of the one of the departments that it's really growing
1: exponentially. There's been a lot of innovation in frozen um, when we look at natural and organics. Um, so that will continue to, to be on the rise. I think that shelf-stable food has seen a lot of growth amidst, you know, the, the, the pandemic. Um, I think that also when we look at staple categories like cleaning supplies and household supplies, those will continue to increase as well over time.
0: Yeah, I do think, um, you know, to your point, I really do like the fact that Center Store, a lot of people were giving Center store like a fresh a fresh um, review during the pandemic. So I think that there's some some new or new buyers or some regained buyers um, based on the pandemic. And I don't think I agree with I agree with you. I don't think that that's just going to fall away. In yes, I mean if you look at
1: pre COVID, the perimeter of the store was really growing. You know, produce, meat, all of our fresh categories were really growing. Um, but you know, this new, these new behaviors have really shifted to center store and it's actually nice to see some of these categories winning again.
0: Right. And, and Beth, how about you? What do you see on the, on the horizon? I mean, you, you've mentioned ROI a lot, um, but how are things going to change and what is, what is our in-store experience going to look like in a couple months?
2: Um, yeah, so as you know as consumer behavior continues to evolve, so must our retail operations in in reaction to that, um, I mentioned leveraging data will continue to become imperative. I think ultimately will become the norm for how we go to retail as data becomes more available. for more and more retailers, we will have the ability to leverage that data to put the reps in the right places. Um, I think that that's just one example. we talked about, you know OSA alerting our reps. I think that's just one example of of what will become the norm, um, and that's that insights will continue to drive our actions, and then ultimately, like I said, deliver maximum ROI for for every retail dollar spent. I think we look forward to an increase in inventory, um, getting back to normal. We look forward to the increase in data availability, increase in COVID vaccines. I mean, all the things that will help get us back to a place where our retailers are open and we can really get the job done that that we're there to do, um, and that's to drive sales for our clients. That's great.
0: Well, I, I want to just kind of recap by he, um, highlighting a couple of the big things that I heard from you, and and that was that throughout the pandemic, um, you know, your business has really been there as a partner um, to your retailers and your manufacturers and and kind of offering up a lot of flexibility and a lot of energy to get the job done. So thanks to you um, for for kind of making that happen. As we look ahead, you know, you are anticipating um, a a return of more traditional in-store activation. Um, You know, some of the things that I look for, like all the end dial displays and stuff like that. But it's nice to see that there's going to be some more positive shifts in-store you know, coming back with the fresh prepared offerings, people are still going to be spending more of their money in store and grocery in particular. Um, But some of those big growth areas um, still have a lot to offer consumers, even as we regain our mobility. So I'm with you, I'm still holding out for the vaccine, my time will come soon. Um, And I will look forward to getting back to whatever normal happens to be. So with that, I want to thank both of you for your time and um, look forward to our next conversation.
1: Thank you, Joan, for giving us this opportunity to talk with you
2: today. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Joan. Great discussion today. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.